Hello and welcome. Good morning to you. You know, I'm starting a new series uh, today, but before I do, I just thought it might be helpful to have a bit of a reflection on the days ahead. Today, normally, I'd have been giving the vision talk for the year ahead. Now, we could easily do that to take a moment to celebrate, to look back and also to look ahead, but the timing doesn't quite feel right. I'm not exactly sure when it is that we'll be back together, but it feels like all the Lord is doing among us and starting to stir among us means that we'd want to be together to share with you what we believe the Father is stirring and leading us towards. Now, I know that sounds a little bit cryptic, but it's not meant to be. We take a step at a time towards the things that unfold. But I'd say there are currently two things that are clearly emerging. The first one is that we as a church and as individuals are going to need a period of recovery. We can't just say that we because it was like this, we're just going to bounce back to what it was. You know, we don't actually know the details of what the next six months will look like, but many of you haven't even met each other. You know, you've faced and carried many significant burdens and pains and pressures over the last year that you've had changed and robbed hopes, dreams, financial challenges, um, unemployment challenges, employment changes and unemployment, loneliness, separation, anxiety. For some of you, your faith has been tested and it's felt like it's actually started to be sucked away from you. Seasons of life that you might normally have walked out alongside other people that you haven't been able to. So many things we could say. The list could be endless, but it feels like we're going to need a period of recovery to work through that, consider that, and to um, weigh up the implications of it. We're not just going to bounce back. The second thing is, would we want to bounce back anyway? Because regardless of COVID, we, we feel the Lord is stirring much and asking much of us. We felt for a long time that we're going to be replanting, but this time it's going to be different. Our hearts, our desires, our collective faith journey, the group of people the Lord has knitted around a vision and values, the all that's happened with 422, the Lord has and will ask much more of us. Much has been given and therefore much is expected and it's a time for us to be ready and a time for us to be in our place for all that the Lord is going to ask us to step into. You know, we, we've, we've created and I guess the Lord has built a bit of a bridgehead in this city but I believe a number of other things are going to happen. I think even a number of you are going to be ambushed by prayer. I would say I certainly have been. There is a crying out to God. One of the things I long for most among us, but is the hardest to stir, is a deep, deep longing and desperation for the Spirit of God to move freely among us, an abandonment to his will and to his plans to be on our knees crying out to God. You can't program that, you can't manufacture that, but it comes out of a desire of our hearts. It's the deer panting for the streams of fresh, living, running water. You know, we've got to be ready and um, also to let God do a new thing among us, to let him breathe new life into his body, to develop and bring in new characteristics and new dynamics. If there's anything that we can hold on to is the reality that life changes, it forms and it reforms constantly. And we want to be partakers in that. We want to go with what the Lord is doing. We've never been 
interested in a model or maintaining something, but in mission. All we want is for that to be within the biblical parameters. You know, we want to worship God, to love him with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our soul and all of our strength. And to see the emergence of a missional community among us, the place that we can care for one another, to encourage one another and to be accountable. But that's got to be birthed among us. Worship and compassion have to be birthed among us. I, b I believe it's a significant part of what the Lord is doing in us now. Yes, it's hard, but it doesn't mean it's not fruitful. It's a um, kind of a shaking, I guess, a shaking to the core. But we've got to ask ourselves individually, if church doesn't happen the way we've known, which it kind of haven't, hasn't now for nearly a year, what is still going to happen? Am I going to worship Jesus? Well, I want to say, yes, I am. Am I going to study the word of God? Yes, I am. Am I going to share Jesus with anyone and everyone that I can? Yes, I am. Am I going to pray for people to seek the sick being healed, to extend love and compassion to some of the most vulnerable in this city? Yes, yes, yes. Do you see what I mean? The, the shaking of the structure changes nothing if at our core they're the things that have been birthed in us. Let me just give you an example. I know we will always have something like or something called small groups among us. You know, they're, they're, they're so important. They're not always the easiest thing, but ultimately we're a people called to go on a journey together. And what they're called and exactly how they function may evolve and evolve and evolve because we're not committed to programmes we're not interested in traditions or institutions. We're interested in the facts of are people being changed? Are groups forming? And do, does this church make a difference to the community that's forming but also around us? And, and currently I'd say yes, yes, very much so. That is what we see. We're, but we're interested in following after God. We're committed to go with God. If it isn't God... I'm I'm out. No, you might be like, well, you can't you can't say you're out, Paul. Well, I don't hold it so lightly. Well, I'm not trying to say that lightly, but I am out. If it's not God, we don't want to be part of it. We're not trying to perpetuate anything. We're not trying to build an organisation. We're not trying to build a denomination. You know, some people I've heard them say, I'm building a ministry. Like, I'm, we're not building a personal ministry. We just want God. I joined up for God. Did, did you, can I ask you that, did you join up for that? Because if that's what you want, I believe that's the place of satisfaction. Does that make sense? And that's probably a long-winded way of saying, whilst the season we're in has brought so much pain for so many, I am quite excited for what the Father is birthing and breathing among us. Will we, well, we will plant back differently because regardless of the pandemic, I believe your eyes have been opened and stretched and hungering and longing and thirsting for more. It's, it's not our thing. It never was our thing. It's his thing. It's not our church. It's not our city. It's not what we think we can do and what we think is possible. It's daring to believe in him and that in him all things are possible. We, we can't solve or meet or pastor through some of the challenges and problems and difficulties that we face and people are presented with. It's knowing he is the one 
that changes us and we need the encouragement and the power of the Holy Spirit among us and that's why we chase after it with everything within us, ripping off everything that limits and everything that might ensnare or hold back. There's always, and I believe there is currently, a greater wave of abandonment coming upon us. You know, some of you have 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 always seen in that you you leave it to others. You know, it's kind of been a them thing. It's like oh kind of watch from the sign lines and others of you are starting to realize that you've you've actually got a part to play and I think that's important you can't let this pass you by you can't sit on the sidelines I believe the Lord is encouraging and calling you to come and be part of what he's doing among us because God calls people and he calls them to be family and he calls them to places and he calls them to do his bidding and the enemy will do everything he can to distract that and to destroy that you know we've just had a week off and it's kind of become a bit of a joke now that when we have a week off i have strange dreams and i say strange dreams because i'm trying to be sensitive and gentle and polite for some of you that are more exploring but if I'm honest they're they're more like demonic dreams and it's become standard that uh, often around a week off as well I have a mystery illness you know I've got a problem with my foot that can't they can't medically find what it is they've got very little explanation I ended up on antibiotics for an infection in my ear you know I, I don't give me I know people get ill I know people have strange dreams I get that I don't look for the enemy at every turn or corner, trust me, but it's the timing. You know, when there's a conference coming up, one of us gets ill, we have a break, something happens. I I say all of that because what I see at the minute is stuff happening among a number of you. Relentless attempts, I would say, by the enemy to grind you down. That's what he tries to do, to kill and destroy, to distract and to dilute. Honestly, it can be painful to go through it but see it for what it is don't let it water down what the father is doing among us we stand firm we stand firm and we stand firm the enemy fears what is on us as a church what is forming among us the potential of it all what you carry and what he's starting to release and don't let the enemy take an inch of ground with that Gosh, that was some some intro, wasn't it? But let's 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 crack on. I want to start a new series. I want to give you a snapshot of the book of Mark. I think this also ties together actually with some of what I was just saying. But from the first sentence of the book of Mark, if you haven't read it, can I encourage you go and read it. But all of the the wording, the way through the Gospels, is this theme of identifying jesus it's about the identity of jesus he is jesus christ the son of god mark says that the person of jesus is the main focus of his gospel and he wants to tell us more about this who this jesus is and um honestly i just want to say same that's kind of the purpose of this series same 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 i just want us to understand the identity of jesus to understand who he is would our pathway to recovery in the season we're in be to get more of Jesus for some of you that might mean getting back with Jesus for some of you that might mean coming to him in the first place but throughout the book of Mark Mark identifies Jesus and he gives us the evidence we need to understand who he is 
couldn't be more important. Right from the off, when Jesus first arrives in Galilee, he's proclaiming a message about the kingdom and he tells us what he believes is the right response to the news, which is to repent and to believe. Mark 1.15 says this, The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Jesus makes it clear that the arrival of the kingdom of God demands a response. It's not possible to sit on the fence when it comes to the claims of Jesus. You either accept him or you reject him. You either repent or you don't. You either believe he's the son of God, God's promised king, or, or you don't. And throughout the book of Mark, he builds this picture of what it looks like to repent and to follow Jesus. Mark starts the book in chapter one, um, verse one, by saying this, he says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Fascinating that that's kind of the only time, or one of the only times, that Mark says what he thinks about Jesus. Throughout the rest of the book, his aim, his hope, his desire is to try and influence you by simply putting Jesus's words and actions in front of you, as well as showing you how other people react to him. And Jesus is carrying forward this story from the Old Testament about God's rescue mission and rescue operation of the world. Through Jesus, God is restoring his reign over the world by confronting and by defeating evil, as well as its hold on people's lives. Jesus then invites all who live under his reign to follow him as a disciple. Mark unveils masses of stories of Jesus's power and he brings God's kingdom into reality for all of us to see. So Jesus goes around healing people whose bodies are sick or broken or under the oppression of dark spiritual powers. And Jesus is, well, Jesus provokes through his actions and his reactions in many stories. That's kind of what happens. Some decide to follow him and be his disciples. Some don't know what to think and some totally reject him. And that's where I want to pick it up today. Because as we're confronted or as we come into an awareness of the identity of Jesus, we have some decisions to make, to act and respond to who he is. And I guess I just want to ask you, how, how are you going to respond to this? Mark chapter 4, let me read you some of this. It says this, Once again Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. The other seed fell on a shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew and produced a crop, crop that was 30, 60, and even a 100 times as much as been planted. Then he said, anyone who has, sorry, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
Now, I know many of you will have heard that parable hundreds of times. Some of you will know it off by heart. Some of you will have learned about it in school, Sunday school, whatever it might have been. But I just want to apply it to you afresh today as we start this series. You know, it might be you look at it for you. It might be you look at it for six, say, other people who live close to you. It might be that you commit to praying for those six. It might be you consider it through the lens of the church or the lens of the city. Actually, I'd encourage you to view it through all of those things because Jesus is in the business of changing lives. We want to be changed and we want to see others changed. And so can I say, first and foremost, keep throwing the seed. It's so easy to stop. In a normal pattern of life often you know people see it that they're, they're they're waiting almost for this moment to pluck up for the the courage to invite someone to church honestly honestly i i'd say actually i find it easier to see it this way that most people need 10 steps to jesus they need constant relentless scattering you know we're in one of the most remarkable seed scattering moments i've ever known or probably will ever see in my lifetime. I've, I've told you before, Sophie and I go out for this walk most evenings and we regularly bump into different people, but this one particular dog walker, and at least four times a week, I reckon, for nearly a year we've bumped into her. There's a lot of small talk conversations. And honestly, I think I shared this before, but every attempt we've had to say even hello has often been met with mistrust or caution and I mentioned I think on the night before we went down and we went into tier four lockdown whenever that was and whatever that even meant anymore who knows I can't keep track of it all but we bumped into her and engaged in a conversation with her like never before so that had been like eight months on or whatever it was there was this openness to chat it was all quite civil but it was all still superficial then this week we we walked around a corner we turned the corner and literally I mean, I nearly jumped out of my skin because she was just stood there. And uh, the whole conversation was different. She just, out of nowhere, just poured it out. Her fear of dying, the relational breakdown that she's got with her daughter that lives in the Midlands and no contact with her since the start of the pandemic, the tragic loss of her son, who was a very young man, killed at an early age, tragically, in a car crash just tumbled out and the door was open to meet her with the tenderness and the love of Jesus and trust me after a year of trying and scattering seed we seized the moment so often we chuck seed and we get nothing back and it's hard and it can knock us and it feels embarrassing we can water it down and just therefore try and just be nice and um I I want to say rather than that intentionally pursue it honestly throw seed, throw seed, and throw seed. Now, no exaggeration with this one person. We've had hundreds of conversations to get to that moment. Imagine the farmer in, in this story, in this parable, he's not using a tractor over a nicely plowed field that's got neat rows and the right amount of seed. He's chucking it out handfuls of the stuff liberally sparingly regardless of what's about to happen to it regardless of any of the four breakdowns of this story or interpretations we might have after he's chucking out the seed he's sowing it i want to say keep sowing keep sowing keep sowing keep scattering chuck it out liberally 
share it out with anyone and everyone who will listen. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath and birds came and eat it. There's always one thing that can cause us to back off. Oh, what's the point? I've just stepped out, I've scattered seed, I've thrown seed and it's come back in my face. I feel silly, I'm embarrassed, I look silly. I showed and acted in love and they acted and reacted with mistrust and scepticism. Chuck the seed regardless. You know, sometimes it's also just the reality. Not not everything is gonna land on good soil. We you know, we wanna go fishing where the fish is, where the fish are. You know, not everything will land in the right place and not everything will have the outcome that we were thinking it might have. But throw the seed. You never quite know. It's been over a year with this one dear lady. I'm not saying we're we're there yet, but the conversation is more than it was, certainly. But we always want to put our natural into his supernatural because he changes lives. It's, It's not us that do it. We just keep chucking the seed keep chucking the seed if you remember nothing else today i just want to say keep chucking the seed out always putting our natural into his supernatural we throw it we throw it we throw it then we pray we pray we pray honestly there's no experts we bumbled through conversations in the natural trusting that he would grow and develop something in the supernatural the verse says sorry the passage says this Later on, another verse, often seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. I have to be honest, this particular pass, that verse grabs me every time. I think, goodness me, I've got to make sure I don't have shallow soil. I've got to make sure I don't wilt under the sun. I need to make sure I have deep roots the season of life we're in is all about roots it's partly why we did the anchored series the one before this because how many times do you see people go thing go at things like a sprint when it's a marathon we're in this for the long haul we've got to establish rhythms and practices that ensure we don't wilt under the sun you know i mentioned it earlier but small groups are a huge part of that out on our own out of relational connection, without discipling environments, without us realising that we just wilt under the sun. Often we sometimes misunderstand as well. We think we're just meant to be fed rather than actually feeding others. It's not just something we receive. It's as we give it, it grows and we receive more. Without doing that, we wilt under the sun. Honestly, that's so important. I want to say to you, if you're literally just receiving and not giving, you, you will be coming against the potential of wilting. You were created for more and settling for less is dangerous. But what are, what are your roots like? Who do you let speak into your life? Who, who, who do you talk to? How, the way, who speaks into that? How you talk, the way you think, the way you act, the way you relate to others. Are you the same person this year that you were last year? How has the Lord shaped you and refined you and taken you on a journey of faith and into greater depths and grown the wilts and put in place the protection that you don't have shallow soil and you don't wilt under the sun? You know, we're a people on a continual journey of change. If we're open to the challenge, the prompting, the shaping and the leading of the Holy Spirit. For others, I guess, just keep throwing the seed. 
don't you know we, we're not drawing people to us we're drawing them to Jesus we draw them to his church to his community and that's what forms and establishes the roots and ensures people aren't in shallow soil the passage goes on of a seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain you know there's a real challenge when we look at our lives to not just have a general one-size-fits-all stance on this passage oh yeah i mean actually i'm all, I'm all right i'm in good soil yeah maybe in one area of your life but what about another area of your life you might be loving the simplicity of worship at the moment but your heart is cold on giving or or your heart is cold on having your character shaped you know what what is being choked out for you where are the fawns starting to take root and overcome the tender plants that so that no grain is able to grow what was that look like relationally have you started to, to as it started just to become about you and your needs are you less generous than you were with your time with your money with your gifting you know we had a week off last week and of course we didn't actually go anywhere but it, it was replenishing to have space and time to listen to the father and he reminded me of some stuff that i believe we're called to that we we got to ensure is front and center of of being the people that we are we can't let it be choked off we've constantly got to be looking at our lives and saying what is the thing that should be central which is the tender plant that shouldn't be choked off it's not always just the the concept of 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 not starting in our faith or being choked off before it even gets going but for some of you it'll be looking at what are you neglecting that has started to become choked off without you realizing you know if you have the gift of encouragement encourage others if you have the gift of hospitality are you practicing it do you see what i mean these things over time can start to become choked off. I love the phrase tender plants that's used in this version of the passage. Are our hearts, is the seed that we're scattering and the seed that, that we're seeking to grow, is it is it tender? You know, is it soft, loving, affectionate, warm, kind and gentle? Am I who I was, as I mentioned a moment ago, the same person I was last year or am I changing? Am I growing? is the grain that i'm planting growing and spreading am i growing my discipleship is my responsibility i can't put that on someone else i can't put it on a church I can't put it on another environment my discipleship is my responsibility i've got to choose to align myself in obedience with the will of the father and seek his change in my life for his agent of change the holy spirit to refine me and to disciple me you know, I said earlier, right from the off, when Jesus arrives in Galilee in this passage, he's proclaiming the message about the kingdom. And he tells us what he believes is the right response to that news. Repent and believe. We see it at the start of the book of Mark. Am I growing in repentance and belief? Less of me, more turning from me and more of him, more belief in him. Is my belief in him growing throughout the book mark seeks to influence you by simply putting jesus's works and actions in front of you as well as showing you how people react to him how will you respond 
You know, Jesus explains the passage we've looked at today in verse 18. He says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's words. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the law of wealth and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Just take that list. If we did two things today, think about how we're going to keep sowing seed. Take that list. Gosh, it's crowded out by the worries of life the law of wealth and the desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. They're three things that are going to rob you of the fruit. Man alive. That is an alarm bell and a wake-up call passage to us in a moment like we find ourselves in this pandemic. Do not lose your focus on the kingdom. Are the works and the words of Jesus becoming more evident in our lives? There is Nothing the enemy longs to do more than to downplay who you are and what you carry and to grab your time and attention and try and stick it on trivial things. So what has got your time and attention at the minute? Because it's a great indicator of the soil you're in and, and the fruit and the seed that you're producing. <clears throat> do you need to redirect? Do you need to reconsider that? Finally, it says in the passage, still other seed fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even a hundred times as much as been planted. Then he said, anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. Ears to hear and understand. We've got to be wary of background noise. There's so much at the minute, so many competing voices and influences at the moment. But the voice we want to hear is the voice of the Father. Are you in and do you produce fertile soil? You know, what am I reading? What am I doing? What are my outlets? Who am I investing in? What am I believing for? What is sprouting, growing and producing a crop? What is on you that you should be giving away? If you hold on to it, it's not going to grow. Unless you give it and feed it, it's not going to grow. Sometimes that can be hard and that can be painful. John 12, 24 says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. You know, we seek to lay aside our striving for advantage, for security and for pleasure so that we can serve God lovingly and freely, releasing control of our lives and transferring control to Jesus. Let me let me close just by saying this. We often, I think, sometimes with this verse, we become so familiar with it that we apply the four soils to different people. But what if they're different phases of a person's life or different times in our lives or how we willingly apply God's message to some areas of our life but resist it in other areas so I guess I want to say how's how's the soil because we want to see change in our lives and alignment to the words and the works of Jesus I think we could take all of these different four aspects and apply them to our lives right in the here and the now because we want to understand and be refined of the things that is choking us and restricting us to allow us to be in good soil so that we can have a fruitful life and to bear fruit for him. We want to place our natural into his supernatural as we consider his words and works and how they lived out in our lives. I hope that's helpful to you. Well, it's just as we do, let's spend some time with the Lord.
you might want to close your eyes, whatever it is, take a moment. If you don't do this regularly, can I encourage you to do this regularly? We do it together now. But do it regularly. Spend time with Jesus. Let him speak to you. Pray the simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to close your eyes, remove the distractions, whatever it is. I just want to pray that the power of the presence of God comes upon you now. Lord, come and speak. Speak to your church. Speak to us individually. Speak to us collectively. Welcome you. I think for some of you, 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 there's an awareness now. You are being choked off. Some stuff is grabbing you by the throat. Some of that is distraction and you can resolve it. Some of it is just a persistent, it almost feels a relentless assault on your life. It's not of your inviting. We want to pray into that, Father, freedom and release, protection. feel like some of you have become, um, oh, how do I phrase it, like bruised bruised sowers. You've, you've just stopped scattering the seed because you've looked at um, the implications. Sometimes maybe it's not borne fruit in the way you thought or uh, sometimes it's like you've been mocked or shamed for it and I, I just believe the Lord wants to release I think he wants to release all of us again actually to release us again but to be sowers throw the seed for some of you I think there's a real anointing on you to 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 be well we're all called to it but to be fishers of men there is there is a there is a real moment there's an alignment with a calling on your life for that. Some of you have been called out for it. If if we were together now, I just want to gr gather us in a to pray over that pool of people. Don't miss that moment though. I think there's an anointing today for that. I think some of you have um you've you've fallen into the mindset of this works in two ways. It's like God can't use me and there's two ways that's unfolding. One is that that's a confidence thing. It's almost like a lack of self-worth and identity thing. I just believe the Lord wants to level that, allow you to know who you are in him and and kind of set you going again. Yes, you can. And yes, he does want to. Trust me. He died for you. Not just to call you out of something, but to call you into something. But the the second side of that is, I think there's a there's a for some of you that there's like a stubbornness. There's um the, there's like an awareness of the cost of fully following him, and fully surrendering your life and being obedient. And there's like a resistance. It's it's not always like a disobedience. It's more like a just feels too much and you just don't know whether you're ready to go there I just want to say I think he's inviting you in surrender it you might actually for you, you might want to now physically get onto your knees I think there's something symbolic in doing that be on your knees before the father this morning allow him to break that resistance and allow him to release you I realise I'm speaking a bit quicker because this is recorded. If we're in person, we'll just take our time and let the Spirit do what He 
wants to do among us don't don't gloss over this if the lord's speaking to you i say stay in that place i think um or oh, i don't know whether it's the right or the left just below your elbow uh, i think someone's got quite a significant pain there i'd encourage you i want to pray for it but also um step out and ask somebody to pray with you alongside you i think there's somebody with something detached i don't know if it, is it uh, an eye socket detached or is it is it a joint that is detached i don't know if it's even a physical thing it might be like a an emotional thing you might feel detached i just getting the word detached and also getting a physical pain particularly in my uh, right arm just below my elbow i'm not sure if that applies or if it's linked I what you know what I'm seeing at the moment is so many people because we're the the power of the Holy Spirit is in our rooms in our homes he moves it's phenomenal but the there is a need to stand alongside other people and have them pray for you and I think some of us are slower in stepping out for that because it feels a bit more clunky but I just encourage you don't 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 not have prayer this morning let somebody pray with you. Let somebody stand alongside you and encourage you. Some of you just need encouraging. Just want to say, get in touch. Let somebody encourage you. Speak truth and life and the hope of Jesus over you this morning. Or whenever it might be that you're listening to this. But yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave you now just with the Lord to minister to you. I hope you have a good week and that, that was helpful. Bless you.